the Markeisha Hall podcast. I'm your host, Markeisha Hall, and I am so excited today to meet, I don't know, I feel like we've known each other forever, <laughs> Jennifer. Um, we were just talking about how awesome it is to have community over Instagram. That's how we how we met. Um, and I'm going to let her introduce herself and her beautiful family, and then we'll just hop into a conversation. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me on this podcast. I'm super excited to, to quote unquote, meet you. Um, <laughs> even though, yeah, I feel like we've connected um, for a while now. My right. name is Jennifer. I'm over on the opposite side of the coast, uh, over in Maine. And um, we get all sorts of different seasons. That, um, so if anybody knows me, you know, we're outside all the time. Um, I worked as a nurse um, up until last year and then now stay home with my two kids my four-year-old is um, non-speaking and autistic. He got his diagnosis at age two. And then I have a one-and-a-half-year-old who, from what I can tell, is neurotypical. But I keep that, you know, door open if if something, you know, will support whatever whatever uh, right. happens. Um, I'm married to a really just wonderful guy. His name is Michael. Um, and he's just been such a... I think we make a really good team uh, with our children and a lot of my focus, I guess, as a mother is uh, meeting my child, me- meeting my children where they're at, mm-hmm. um, not pushing too hard and really seeing like what they gravitate, gravitate to. Um, I, I want to keep stress low. I want to keep fun high. Yes. And um, yeah, I, I'm really working on trying to listen to them and um, supporting them in, in what they need. And you are doing a great, great job Thank there. You. I just love, I love, I love being a parent. So I love watching other parents parent. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does. And I think that comes with when you love like motherhood so yes. much, because I feel the same way. And before kids, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And now I just meet other families and, and see their children and I get so excited. I'm like, what are you learning about? What are you, you know, what are you all about? I'm so excited about it. Yes, I do. I do too, which brings me into my topic of about um, just, I don't know if I'm going to say building confidence as a parent, or we were discussing kind of earlier that a lot of parents that are raising children with disabilities um, are, I don't know, fearful or nervous about being out in the community Mm-hmm. Um, because they're maybe worried about, these are words that I've heard from parents worried about what other people are going to be thinking about them and their child. And I know that you guys get out there, you guys hike and <laughs> put the baby on the back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And streams and blueberry <laughs> picking and all kinds of um, activities. So talk to the um, mom or dad, because my husband be like, you're always trying to talk to the moms. And I should, I know, I, should, I need to remember that. I know, I forget. I have a great uh, support system too. So moms or dads out there um, that are feeling feeling that way, like how do you how do you go out and about? You have two little ones. On yeah. Well, I think it first starts with honestly um, talking about your child's disability. I really do. Um, I think that before you go out, you need to really empower yourself with knowledge about your child's disability and their needs. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you're going to run into too many situations where you feel unprepared. Mm -hmm. And no matter what happens, 
like if you can fall back on those that that knowledge and that go to, um, I feel like you can you can stay baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying we talked about it a little bit earlier. A meltdown can happen. It doesn't right. mean that that day is going to be a bad day. Right. So um, so I think I really really encourage parents. Um, we we connected through Instagram. There's a fabulous um, you know disability community on on Instagram um, reach, try to, there's an isolation feeling that first starts where you feel like I can't go out Mm -hmm. and then what you're stuck home and you're like, so I think empowering yourself with knowledge and connecting with people, hearing what their children are doing. Right. And, and seeing like, you know, what, what do I feel like my child's going to gravitate to? I think something I've talked about with some parents is really, really important to check your parent expectations Mm-hmm. because they're often too high. Yes. I mean, we want our child, we want to bring them to the pool and we want them to swim the first day right, right. away. Right. We want them to be the little fish and all this stuff. And we need to step back and think about why am I, is it a competition? Mm-hmm. And it's not. Um, right. What does my child need at every moment? You need to think, what does my child need and how am I supporting that? So um, I've, Julian isn't uh, swimming independently yet, but you know, people think that things are like, maybe I post positive things and that things aren't difficult, but that's not true. Um, right. We take it, you know, baby steps. We started mm-hmm. at the pool. He wouldn't go in the pool for the first time, wouldn't mm-hmm. touch the water. And then mm-hmm. maybe the next day he put his hand in and maybe the next time, you know, he splashed a little bit or threw something right. in the pool and it's, it's very slow, but I, I want to encourage parents to don't stop trying. Right. Because I when you, yeah. When you stop trying, they lose that opportunity to to learn and to show you that yes, I can do this. Right. Um, as far as something that is really hard is being afraid of being judged. Mm-hmm. I have felt this feeling, and it is it just puts a pit in your stomach, and it's just a yucky feeling all around. Um, something I encourage parents to do is like have a game plan Mm -hmm. um and keep it short and sweet yes you know with kids like (sighs) better to leave on a good note than a bad note if things are going well you know let's leave it at that and and let the child just have that positive experience even if you wanted to stay longer you know Again, with that checking that parent expectation, are we going to go to the apple orchard for two hours or maybe we're only going to go for 20 minutes? Right. Um, Have an exit plan at all times. Yes. I really, something that I think makes it easier for for my family personally is that we're in Maine. There's a lot of outdoor spaces Mm -hmm. and I find that is very, very comforting and soothing to children. So and autistic people, and from what I've read, um, kind of greenery and things, uh, it's very comforting. So I encourage definitely going outside, you know, moving your body. Um, and obviously safety is yeah. number one. So be cognizant of that. But I think being outdoors and choosing um, – Choosing to go out to places that are maybe a little less hectic, a little less noisy, a little less confining um, are going to reduce those feelings in your child of bolting, eloping, um, and maybe being overstimulated. So start out small with kind of quieter activities and 
Like we don't have to jump right into going right. to a theme park. Yeah. That's going to be a lot and we're going to work up to it. Um, but I think starting small is the number one thing and connect, connecting with other parents, like we said before, and knowing that they're doing small things too. It's not just you. You are not alone with, with uh, your trajectory on your family. Yeah. I like, I like that. I really like that you said um, your parent expectations of going out because you want to, especially, and we want to just acknowledge that, especially on Instagram, I, you, you see, you just see everything. You see yes. the highlights and we all say that, but sometimes on the inside, you're like, we're not going to be like, my daughter is going to college, for example. And it's not just if you're raising a child that has a disability, it's just out there. And she hadn't gotten her acceptance letter yet, yet. But people started to get them. Oh. And a little, and I knew she would, she's a scholar. So yes. I knew she would, but a little bit inside, was like, what is she digging? What is she digging it in? How, people are probably waiting for me to, because, you know, it's like, she's graduating, waiting for yeah. me to post kind of where she did. And I was like, Markeisha, really? It, you know, but really, you know, if I'm being honest, and that's how a lot of parents feel like, I see all these other people doing this, even though I know the progress that they've made. I can really relate to Julian's story because Josiah, you see him in the water all the time now, but he literally would not take a bath. It was lots I get choked up thinking about it, but it was a lot of work. Yes. You know, just see him splashing the pool now. He's like, wow, you know, he's ziplining and he's rafting and all. But I he we could get him to take a bath when he first got into our home. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's that's hard. That's a daily living skill, right? So we're talking, we're not just talking about pools. We're talking about we have to take baby steps to get some a lot of his um, daily needs met had to be, you know, worked on in increments. Yep. yep. So I think leaving parents with like your parent expectation, it might not look like that, but I want to encourage parents too. And you got, you do a good job of this also is posting the baby steps mm. are out there cheering for, cheering for you. So if they're posting like my kid swam across the pool on the first day, you're like, Oh, that's great. Guess what? Josiah did. He put his toe in the water, and we we're yeah. so out because you know just um, getting others in our celebrations. Sometimes we don't want to. We want to. We feel like they're going to be like, oh, he put his toe in the. But generally, there's some mean people out there. But generally, people are like that's. Oh my gosh, that's great if they know where you're coming from. Like, oh, he went from not even looking at the pool. To now he's putting his toe in the water and throwing his toys. There'll be people out there that will celebrate you because they'll they'll get it or they just think your kid is cute. Those, those <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, that's so great. And they'll celebrate it. So just don't hold it in. Celebrate. Be, be proud of where your child is and kind of normalize. I, I know that's a word. We yeah, we, we need to. Um yeah, we need to normalize celebrating. We're, we need to uh, give ourselves permission to celebrate the baby steps. Yes, right. It doesn't always have to be this big party, this big, you know, because, um, yeah, life is all about baby steps. Nobody mm-hmm. gets, Nobody. you know, from point A to point C without, right. well, I feel like it's taken me, I'm going to like A to Z. I've got a lot <laughs> in between. Um, yeah, I do feel like there's a little, and I think it comes down to that kind of parent competition. 
Because mm-hmm. that's that happens like right when they're born. Right. Like when is your child crawling? Yeah. Are they are they walking yet? You know, it starts so early. And I remember before Julian got his diagnosis, I was looking around with that similar feeling like, oh, these other kids are doing this, this and this. Mm-hmm. You know, like my son's not doing that. Like, am I doing something wrong? Um, right. And something I've seen a, a lot of parents talk about is that your child's, you know, you know, if they're having a bad day, it's not a reflection on you as a parent, and it's not a reflection on who your child is either. It's that everybody has a a bad day, and we're all learning about ourselves every day. Right. You know, what was the thing that kind of tipped us over the edge? Um, and giving our children and ourselves this grace to to learn. Because yes. a lot of people call it failure, but I'm starting to think like, well, nothing's ever really failure. Right. I mean, as long as you try again, I mean, right? right. Like we're just learning. Mm-hmm. So I've even stopped saying that, you know, Julian is struggling with something. Mm-hmm. I've tried to rephrase it to say, oh, Julian's learning. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me if I get stuck on him struggling, I just feel like, does he feel like he's struggling? Um, You know? So I'm like, maybe I'm projecting those feelings um, into existence or, you know? um, So yeah, I'm I'm trying to be more. uh, And I liked how you said like, you know, putting yourself out there, being brave and, and putting those tiny moments out there. And I think putting that energy out there for other people to see, like, I am proud of Mm -hmm. my, of my child. Um, so I think that really creates a positive um, environment for um, for families of disabled of disabled children. Absolutely, absolutely. I uh, I don't know. I just love. I just um, I we were talking about this earlier. Since I have a college, high school, junior high, and Josiah's our fourth child. Oh my goodness! I've learned so much, even though. Um, I just learned so much. I think it's also different than like your first kid than to your, <laughs> well, now he's the fourth. I think yesterday he had, I don't know, candy. I know he had two muffins. That would have never Sounds happened. Sounds like a day here, yeah. <laughs> he's on the iPad till it dies. She was like, <laughs> she's, she actually, you know, she's like, mom, you would have never. She, she didn't get to watch TV. You know, I was all, she was my first baby. So I was like, yeah. We have two hours and now I'm like, none of that, you know, none of it. You have all the checklists at first, you know? <laughs> yep. and, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you throw it out the window after you realize like kids don't work that way. Right. Yeah. And I want, and I want parents to know that too, that the other parents are, it feels like that, but they're just being proud of their kids where they are also, because I definitely celebrated my daughter. I just celebrated. She's going to college. Like, this is great. It's not that your kid isn't going to isn't doing these things at this time it's just that they're proud too and I feel like parents I just love like I just love motherhood would celebrate those things too because they would they would get it if they were given the opportunity to do if we weren't holding those kind of things yes that's so interesting you bring up this point because I um I don't do a lot of like Facebook support groups um because sometimes I find that can be a little bit like hit or miss on the on the environment. Right. But I did see a post about a mother who was um, having a difficult time seeing uh, like another person, another family she knew posting like 
what she perceived as really happy moments and like all these different places that that family was going. And essentially she was feeling guilty because she was feeling jealous and, and not wanting to see that like enough to the point where she considered um, like unfriending that person. Mm -hmm. And she was just trying to work through those feelings. And I think that a lot of us have been there. Yes. And I think for me, it was really diving into disability culture um, and reading a lot about like firsthand experiences and, you know, Julian is autistic, which is, you know, a form is a disability, but I also think it's really important for parents to, um, learn about kind of disability, uh, greater than just their experience with their child. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it gives a really important perspective and it, it's really, really helped me on seeing, how adaptable people are and how, um, with the right supports, I mean, people can do anything. I feel so encouraged, so empowered. Um, and I think that has helped me let go and and just see everything my son do, uh, you know, accomplishing as, as the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. So I really hope other parents can, can get there. And, um, I know we know a lot of the same people on Instagram, but, uh, there are mentors out there. There are people out there wanting to support you and empower you as a parent. Right. You know, if your child is autistic or if they have another disability, you know, there's help out there. Unfortunately, sometimes the system, healthcare system and school system can't provide those supports. So we right. do have to seek them out our, ourselves and it's a little bit more work, but, um, but it's worth it. I mean, our, we want to love and support our kids the best way. And we, and we ourselves deserve happiness. Right. And so taking care of your mental health and mm-hmm. um, and working through all those difficult feelings. Like, I just want to tell other parents, I have been there and I feel like I've crossed over, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just feel so positive and free and like, just like ready for life with my son. That's beautiful. Um... And I, and I... I was telling you earlier, earlier, I feel like I, I, I cheated because what you said, you, I was in the classroom, high needs classroom, um, changing my language also, um, I'm listening to the disability community. I taught high needs classrooms. So I, I've seen a lot of, I um, mean, it just wasn't an autism class. It was multiple disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot and I've, that gave me the confidence that I have now. So I get I get a lot of stuff that says, oh, wow, we could never do that. And I feel like it's just because I've actually seen and worked with different families, different children at different stages. I've seen them go from this point to this point, And I'm just like blown away every time they were like, they, they touched the goldfish, you know. So it might have took the whole year. At first, they just hated the goldfish. They even want to see the box. Or I remember my students' happy birthday, and that's hard to avoid at a school. Crying mm-hmm. was one of the students. That one was really difficult um, because it was preschool. Kids cry. Yes. <laughs> it's cool. So happy birthday song. It's hard to avoid. Some of those things were like, how do we? But seeing them work through it, working with their parents, really honing in on not just the IEP goals, um, but just their whole, the looking at the family as a whole and saying like, 
How are we going to work on those things? Every time there's a meltdown or um, they're not making that much progress towards anything is really, I look at it as, as a learning opportunity. So when besides having a hard time, I'm like, I'm not freaking out. I'm like, what happened? And how can I help him be more independent with working through the, these feelings? Much more difficult when he uh, was non-speaking. Mm -hmm. It's easier, a little bit easier now. But we're still trying to figure, you know, still have to figure out some things. But um, yeah, I just encourage parents to that how it how can help them independently or intrinsically help help them. And sometimes um, a parent coach that I'm going through this because I like to control things. I don't know. Yeah. That's me. That's me. Just and I was like, well, I feel helpless when he's having a meltdown. I feel helpless because I want to help him, and I don't know what's wrong. And so, you know, mom, we don't. We, I want to fix it. And she was like, what if you don't have to fix it? What if he's just having having his own moment? It has nothing to do with you know just how he's expressing his self at that time, just like we would. Be doing, um, but we were able to communicate it. We were able to talk to a friend. We were able to like, so she's like, just trust him that he knows what his body needs. I love that. And yes. as long as he's safe, instead of going into what can I do, you know, what me is what what can I do? I feel bad because I can't. I don't know what's wrong. Trusting that he knows what he needs for his body at that time, as long as he's safe. Um, you know, as long as he's safe, then letting him be and just trusting that it'll be okay. And I was like, light bulb moment. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That I love that. Um, learning to trust your child is so right hard mm -hmm. because I feel like not a lot of us in this generation were given that trust. We weren't really taught that. So I feel like it's a new concept for us as parents. Yeah. Um, like I know best, I'm the parent or I'm the teacher, I'm the adult. Um, and I think we're finding out with kind of these more gentler parent techniques that I do want to stress that you can apply that to any child. Um, yeah. I think sometimes there's an isolation in the parent, like or parents of autistic people that that community where they feel like, nothing applies to them. Right. But I want to counter that and say that it, it does. Um, because just because autistic people present emotions differently doesn't mean they still don't all feel those emotions. Right. So that's kind of the, that's the, the learning curve with, for yeah. me was really learning my son's language. I mean, he's not speaking, but he's still, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, talks to me in a lot of different ways. And uh, yeah, I think that empowering parents to, to trust their kids and yeah, safety obviously is, is number one. Um, right. But I think they'll be surprised with what their child can do mm -hmm. for, for themselves as far as like seeking out what they need, because we've always, Julian has like stemmed um, pretty consistently uh, since he was about 18 months old and they've kind of varied over the years. He'll kind of cycle through one for like six months and then I don't know, maybe he gets bored, <laughs> but 
but we just we were like, okay, well, I mean, we did process like at first we didn't really know what it was. So acknowledge that really helped, but, and so it's scary at first, mm-hmm. but it seemed like because we, I hate to use the word allowed it, but you know, we were like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like he was able to kind of work through what he needed to work through. And then he would just move on. Um, When he needed deep pressure, you would find him like laying on uh, his Mm -hmm. chest on like a table or a chair. Um, So we really encouraged that behavior more than anything or found other ways like a compression vest. Mm -hmm. So he could wear that and maybe feel more comfortable sitting um, and doing table activities at school. That was a big game changer for us. So yeah, listening to your child and um, not trying to get them to be someone they're not. I mean, that's that's a big one. And again, I think it applies to all parents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I've yeah. been there and fix it or help just really observe. And, and support, see, yeah. Yeah, and see like, oh, okay, they keep on doing this at this time. And then they're like happier or then they're not happy yeah. um, yeah. those are you know finding out likes and dislikes um just observing and and being that's the word she's like just mm-hmm. um, like being present yeah just like you always you know feel like you have to be doing something because if you're not doing something as a mom or or a dad for Dre um then you don't feel like you're being a good parent if you're not doing something that's helping your kid be better for their future, like all the pressure, right? Instead of yeah. being in the moment, being at three, being at two, being at every stage of their life, yeah. then you're missing, you know, you're missing that. And and we all fall into that trap. I'm saying this right now, but literally I get into like, I need to help him. I need to do, not just him, with all the kids. I, yes. I need to help them do that. Oh, yes. how's your shoulder, honey? High schooler playing football. How's your shoulder? Let me call the coach. That's a whole another story. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, it's our protective instinct. We just want like, to make sure that you don't call the coach in high school, but but he's <laughs> he's gonna keep hair hurting his shoulder. It's gonna tear the more that he. Yeah, this is me. Yeah, you know, people don't see that on Instagram. They just be like, "Hey, I'm trying to call my high school son's football coach <laughs> <laughs> to fix his shoulder." Okay, so he can stop playing the game. And so it's just a cycle that we go to as parents. But I think hearing other parents say these things, because you see, you know, our Instagram squares and we're picking blueberries and zip line that there's, you know, behind that is that we all go through the, the, the same things and that it's okay to be thinking that and then just be like, and change, it's able, you're able to change Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. You have to know what you're doing before you can change it, mm-hmm. you have, um, which is really, really hard. And um, I, when you said that we feel like we have to be doing something, I think also for me, I feel like that was a little bit of like the being worried about what people thought. Mm-hmm. Like it was that control that I could control how people perceived us or mm-hmm. perceived my son or perceived me as a mother. And I think for me, um, talking about our journey um, has has really helped me. Uh, I'll try and find the right words, but has really helped me 
kind of see what my priorities were and and then so acknowledge them and be like okay I don't feel like that's maybe the most positive um mindset so like let's see if we can change this yeah stepping back and trusting our kids is very hard very hard as moms because we're in charge of a lot yeah (laughs) so you know we want to keep doing it it's our like Julian is you know learning we're we're both learning to use his AAC device and I had my husband videotape us a few times and Mm -hmm. I rewatched the video and I was kind of like rushing Julian and kind of doing a lot of it myself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I didn't like that. So it gave me that, like I had that in my head the next time we, we did it. And I was like, step back. Mm -hmm. Let's see what he does. Like we need to trust our children to not get it right. 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 And it's hard. It's hard because you want them to get it right, but it it doesn't, it's going to be okay. Right. You want to get it right because you want to help them. Yes. <laughs> be helpful. And they're like, back up, lady. Yeah. And he did it. We were ordered um, ice cream and he, you know, went through, clicked a few buttons that kind of sort of didn't make, I don't want to say didn't make sense, but like um, motor skill wise, you know, I think when you get excited. Right. Um, but we worked, you know, we worked through that and he still got what he wanted and was able to, you know, to tell us. So that was a win, yeah, you know. Yeah, but it was scary the first time. So second time was a little easier. I saw that with the sprinkles. But even like you were saying, like, I am, this is going to be a whole nother podcast episode if you will have, if you come back on. Oh, love it. Okay, you know, the, I always think about my students and I said they were high needs. So a lot of them were non-speaking, but the 99% of them were non-speaking when they came into my classroom. And I have to tell you that there was maybe only two that I remember throughout the time that I taught that had a that had a AAC device and mm. utilized the way that I'm seeing on the internet now. I'm just like, you know, there was um, you know, Ronan. They were singing yes. with his old McDonald. McDonald. Yeah, like, I get choked about. I mean, that was beautiful to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, I loved, this is another thing. I, I, I loved my students. I, I loved their parents. I honestly didn't know, honestly, as a teacher. Now that I'm learning more about it, when I'm talking to parents and when I'm, <sighs> some teachers just don't know. And that's why talking to other parents and seeing other parents and they were like, oh, I saw Julian and I, I saw these other kiddos with their AAC device and they're, I need to have this in my classroom. Like parents may me not know, not only parents, but the teachers may not know either, even if they do want it, want, want what's best. I literally didn't know how amazing and how exciting that is to have a voice. There's so many things. I mean, it's just amazing. We have to talk about that because I'm still. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the thing, yeah, knowledge is power. Knowledge is, and, um, you know, we have to get, I think, um, with, with the, with all the information I think that's out there, what's really disappointing as a parent is that it's really not tailored to you. That's the really hard part. And so, what can feel really overwhelming at first is sifting through mm. all the information to find what is going to be best for your child. I think a lot of parents have talked to me about feeling like 
they get a diagnosis and it feels like someone just drops a report in your lap and then walks away. Yes. So I think that's why the online community is really flourishing because people are seeking out those supports and feeling lost right. and, and not finding it elsewhere. Um, so I think my hope, and obviously a lot of people feel this way, but my hope is that we can kind of create a better system of yes. getting that support and that information out to parents so they can get their, their child started on AAC right away. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think back and I wish we had done it earlier, but I didn't know either. I thought it was just, I didn't know what AAC meant. I thought it was just an iPad and I thought, oh, I don't want my son to have more screen time. You know, and I, that's so silly now because I'm like, oh my, AAC is like independence. It's communication. It's amazing. Um, So not understanding what it is and and then there's a lot of stereotypes within um, the autism community that we're all working hard to, to eradicate and, and get the real information out there. But um, yeah, knowledge is power. And let's, yeah. let's hope that, you know, you and, and me and all these other people like sharing a little bit of our story can, can get parents to a place where, where they feel, you know, better and more supported. Yeah. I wish I would have, and I'm coming from special education teacher. Hello. But Joe was non-speaking until he was four. We got him at two and a half. I never, it never, no one said anything to me about it. And I am in the field and I would, I didn't even, I don't know what I thought when we came out, I thought maybe his speech therapist would recommend it. Maybe. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I think that's where I'm thinking that it came from because the two students I did have, that's where that came from or the parent. So even you know, I think about that now, especially when I'm seeing things and I'm thinking about how frustrated he was, you know, when we're trying to say, do you want, you know, do you want the milk? And he's, you know, well, no, he loves milk, salad. He hates salad. So you sell it. We'll put salad and he's like, I don't, I don't like salad. He wasn't able to say that. So he'd just be very frustrated. And just if he had a way to communicate that to us, how many, um, how much better our communication would be in us understanding him instead of Ooh, yes. use the things that we, you know, that we were, were utilizing. So I want parents to know that even if you're in these different fields, like you're a nurse, so I'm sure sometimes you're like, maybe I should, I don't know if you feel like this, but if it's medical kind of things, you're like, maybe I, I should have known that they were going to be catching. And I don't know. I don't want to say nothing as small as a cold, but. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I learned sure so much every day that I wish that um, the medical community I know this. knew. I yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my eyes have been opened on, on so many different issues. And, um, oh, I, we have so much to talk about. No, um, <laughs> I'll try to stay on track. I'll try to stay on track. Um, I need to open up. No problem. Jules wants a granola bar. Yeah. When you talked about Joe feeling, you know, those moments of frustration early on with the communication challenges, I remember crying over Zoom to our former speech therapist because Julian was going through these when he was like between two and three, I think, um, really struggling with his emotions Mm -hmm. because he couldn't communicate them properly. And imagine being stuck you know, like that's so frustrating. Yes, it is. And so we were, I was trying to support him as best I could. And we worked through that. But I remember breaking down and crying because I was telling them like, 
I can't fix this for him. I, I need to know what he's thinking and what he needs. And when I don't know that as a parent, it's um, just one of the most difficult things that I've experienced with having an autistic child was that guilt of, and I, I think that was the moment someone needed to say, let's try an AAC. Mm-hmm. And that moment was lost, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think they even need to change the name, like speech therapy. Some right. people, that's not going to be a thing, and that's okay. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's been some, there's definitely tough moments. I, I, I'm torn about what to share sometimes, you know, um, because everyone kind of expects you to be like, you know, that every moment is harder that you, I think sometimes they, they don't expect you to be happy. Um, so that's kind of what I, I, that's why I really like your page. I just feel like you really, you're just all about empowerment. You're all about like, let's do this. Let's try this. Let's keep going. Um, yeah, I, that's what I really like about you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. There's definitely hard moments, but there, there is, you know, and I'm not going to, but I just, you know, I think if we share different things, then you'd be like, okay, well, I could try this. Everything's not going to work out, but it, that's just how it is with all, all kids. Yeah. And, and I think also what helps um, with why I like your page is you are so no judgment. You know, you say, try it, but you know, if somebody doesn't, no one's, you're not going to say like, you did this wrong or this. You're like the, let's try something else mindset, the not give up mindset. So I think that's, I think you have created a really like positive, uplifting, um, oh, yeah, a- uplifting page. And I, yeah, I think that I'm glad that, that you exist on the space because, um, you're a resource, but you're also kind of, you also, you have got so many different hats on you, the, the education and then the coach and then um, the parent. Yeah. So like, it's so cool. I love meeting people that have all those like uh, perspectives because it, it makes, it, it makes your voice so unique. Thank you. Yeah, I do do. Well, you know, I just love being a mom. I mean, I really, really do. Like my sister, she, she loves my nieces, but when she was growing up, we grew up together. she, she didn't want to play with our dolls. She did not want children. She didn't want a wedding ring. She wanted a hundred pair of tennis shoes. I wanted to be a mom. I tried to mother all the kids in the neighborhood. I still have my my dolls, my cabbage pad. They, I, my mom, I still have them. Actually, oh I, up in my post. Um, I actually got into one fight, and I don't fight with my cousin because she took my cabbage patch doll <sighs> on her bed and tossed her down the stairs. That's so mama bear came out, came out really early yeah, then. Early. I was like eight. <laughs> I was like, you did not throw my baby down the stairs. <laughs> You're going at it now. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So I just want other moms to um, be able to enjoy being a, a parent yeah. and letting you know that I, I think I have a different perspective because I have four kids um, and each one of them is different. Sometimes me and my husband, and I'm sure you are already noticing like their personalities are so different. We're like we parent them in the same house. Yep. We do the same things and we have four very different <laughs> kids the way that they say the, the way that they respond and just um 
that's respecting your child as their own person, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And just um, learning, learning that, which I feel like I'm doing a better job each, each kid letting go of that and letting them kind of be their own um, person and respecting what that is. Like I'm really huggy and cuddly. My daughter is not. Interesting. Um, she, so if I'm going to give her a hug, I'd be like, I'm coming in for a hug. And she obliges me because I'm her mom, but I don't do it that often where my boys hop in the bed and we're snuggle, wuggle, all, all three of them. And she yeah. just isn't. And instead of being offended, like, oh, she doesn't love, she doesn't love me. She just doesn't like to like manicures, pedicures, spa days. She doesn't want nobody to touch her. Yeah. Yeah. Just respect that at the house. And we don't turn it into like, oh, she doesn't love us. Oh, she doesn't you know, turning into something about me and what what, what I need, because I love that. But her, she doesn't like that. And so yeah. that doesn't mean that she doesn't love us. Yeah. She shows us our love in a in a different Yeah, way. it sounds like you guys compromise really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we kind of do. I, I, I like that. Julian is, um, <laughs> so, oh, I'm glad that you brought that up. So Julian doesn't like um, kisses on his face unless he's the one that initiates them and then he like does it quite a bit um so when I ask for a kiss and we've been doing this for a long time he just tilts his head down Mm -hmm. because he wants it on the top of his head so sensory wise that's where he feels comfortable so I kind of get what I need but I also am respecting right what he needs Mm -hmm. and kind of when I when we first discovered this together him and I I did feel a little bit like hurt mm-hmm. I was like oh like my baby won't let me kiss them but then I was like wait a second why you know like I was like but he does and he yeah. does sh- show me affection in different ways and um and we're so close and I love him so much so um you know at, at bed you know bedtime when I'm tucking him in and stuff I'm like oh, okay I love you um can I have a kiss and he just tilts his head and it's just a really special moment and right. I just had to like I just had to get like, I don't want to say get used to it, but like, I just had to like understand what it meant. Mm -hmm. Like separate from like what I initially thought, like what you said, like, it's not, it's not all about me. Right. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I like that little compromise and I, I like hearing from autistic people in, in describing like, how they feel internally versus mm-hmm. like maybe what, what like shows on their face and things like yeah. that. And so knowing things like that, I feel like I can read Julian a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And um, because he's not speaking, I also feel like we have a very special relationship. Mm-hmm. I kind mm-hmm. of view it as I didn't always think this. So to other parents, like mm-hmm. this is um, something I've worked on, but I also feel like I'm like, wow, I must know him really well. Because yeah. I can take a look at him and know if he's sick. Like mm-hmm. I can take a look at him and know if like he needs to use the bathroom um, or if he's excited or if he's scared. Like I, I really can, I do really know my son and him not speaking isn't going to prevent us from communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, but the AAC device is obviously going to really allow for his, his thoughts to, to be expressed. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a lot of beauty in, accepting your children 
the way they are and, and finding joy in like how unique your relationship with them is no matter, no matter how that looks like. Right. I like that. You said too. um, just, Josiah doesn't like kisses either. He don't like kisses at all, but he will give them. Um, But you know, when we're thinking like, Oh, he doesn't give me a kiss. um, And you find like, like, Oh, so he doesn't love me. He doesn't, you know, me, me, me. When you said like, looking in the community and saying how that feels to him. Like if I don't know how it feels. He never told us. I just know that he doesn't like it, mm-hmm. but listening to other autistic adults, it could be like, like, I hate chalk. Oh, I hate styrofoam. Mm. Talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> it physically makes me, it, it, it feels like it physically makes me ill. Like just seeing it and hearing it. Yeah. And, um, that's how I, someone was describing like how a kiss, maybe how that fills him. Probably not like we're thinking, Oh, it just isn't lovely, but it can be a physical or it is a physical, like a pain. I don't know. He's never said yeah. it was a pain, but it's not something that he likes. And he's pretty, you know, we, we dance and we, he's very affectionate towards oh, me. He but is, yeah. Well, me and Jennifer can go on and on, but we're going to let you guys go. And we're going to pick up the conversation again with Jen Um, at a later date. So thank you for taking the time to listen. And I hope you have a great rest of the day.